Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Friday Wrap-Up with Greg Campbell, Paul Stevenson, and David Warren. Get the latest of what's going on in Ottawa when it comes to real estate, mortgages, and whatever else they want to talk about. Have a coffee, some laughs, and learn something new each Friday at 10 a.m. I'll do it in Florida this week. What shaking? What shaking? I think we, I think we, I think we all know the right way around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so week, I, I, uh, I didn't bring the mug up to the cottage. Wow. But, uh, you know, I'll, I will. I will for next time. You have it in spirit. You have it in spirit. I uh, I've been reflecting a lot this week. Worth uh, worth telling you guys. I uh, I had a chat yesterday with one of Jackson's teachers, and we were trying to. We were just discussing. And nothing bad. Nothing bad. Okay. Just uh, you know, we want to make sure we're all in alignment here with the performance and such. Um, anyway, so we were chatting, and uh, I was asking her how she's been dealing with COVID and with the quad semester, which is like kind of the new schooling format where they're doing two courses over four kind of quad semesters instead of four courses over two semesters. And um, she was just saying that her job has changed a lot because of the new COVID policies and things like that. Like she said, you know, her, her, her job description now includes uh, basically medical professional and, uh, you know, uh, professional cleaner and uh, a whole bunch of other, you know, long list of things. Uh, and I was just saying that one thing that I've seen, at least myself and in my kids over the kind of pandemic, is that I feel like, especially going back to school, uh, that they've kind of found themselves like in being home with their families and having more time kind of uh, not necessarily alone, but away from kind of the social pressures of, uh, of, uh, school, you yeah. could say, um, they've really kind of found themselves and, and got into a good groove and, and are confident, a bit more confident. And she agreed with that. And actually her response, which was, uh, was an interesting perspective. She said that also the kids seem a lot more, uh, excited to be in school, which was interesting mm-hmm. here because she said they're, they're not taking it for granted. Like they know that it could be gone tomorrow and they may never go back. Like who knows, you know? Um, so she said the kids approach is a lot more like the kids are a lot more willing to learn and they're, they're a lot more respectful and, uh, and tuned in. And I just found that, uh, like great feedback, you know, from, uh, from directly from the source. That's uh, it's an interesting take considering everyone, you know, the issue or concern of, uh, uh, Oh, am I, I'm freezing. Aren't I? No, no, you're good. <laughs> keep, keep going. Keep rocking. <laughs> I think what Dave is trying to say is that uh, with everyone talking about potentially potentially shutting the schools down because of the spread, um, you know, my fear, and I think she was kind of speaking the same sentiment or was kind of connecting to the same thing, he'll be back, um, was that, you know, school is a really important aspect in a child's social development, you know, especially mm-hmm. between the ages of, you know, let's just say six and 15, 16 that those are really important uh, years of development for your social game. You know what I mean? So if you're not around people and you don't get to interact with anyone, but your, you know, younger brothers who's pissing you off and, uh, and your parents who are annoying you every day and telling you to get outside and yada, 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 you know, you're going to socially develop. Like I think of myself, we can't hear you, Dave. I think of myself when I was 13 and where I was in life. And if I had to just stay inside and, and play computer games and, and go for a bike ride by myself, like I'd be a completely different person than I am today, you know? And I think um, one thing that isn't being considered, um, at least maybe, I mean, it is being considered, but one thing that's worth considering if you haven't is the impact that it does have on kids and their social development and mental health and all that stuff as well, right? So it's just interesting to hear from her that she's seen the kids being way more interested in learning and more excited to be in class, which is a good thing, obviously, ultimately. 
Thank you for reading yeah, my I mind think... before I entered the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. And I, and I, and I think the, uh, it, you know, I, I think all these little moments we've had in the last six months or eight months now or however long it's been is, uh, you know, definitely helping with kids and families overall development. I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say that because I know that there's some families that have fallen apart during mm-hmm. this too. So, I mean, just speaking from my experience and your experience, obviously in the positive light of this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of uh, families, Greg, you are not at your family home, are you? Looks like you're no, on a little, no. uh, a little family trip. Where are you guys? Yeah. We, 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 we knew that uh, last week, you know, I mentioned we were coming up here and then uh, when I, I did get a lot of business done while I was here and then we kind of said, hey, you know what, it looks like we may be able to stay for the weekend. So um, we just kind of booked it in. So we're here until Sunday Everyone now. Knows. And, uh, wrap up. Yeah. Everyone knows you never leave the table when you're on a heater, you know, and if you're working well up there and things are going well, you stay, you know, that's just how it goes. <laughs> you know, I did, uh, I got two, I got two, uh, well, we're going to get into that in a minute. I got two deals done while I, you know, the first weekend, and then I put another listing up. And then uh, since I've got such a good team at home, I've got showings uh, this weekend that are all getting taken care of. Um, and then I'm back on Sunday afternoon to just get super, super busy and look and looking forward to it. To be honest, it's been a great getaway, but uh, you know, I'll be happy to get back and grind it out. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's always good to get that little bit of uh, reprieve, getting away from the cottage. Kind of, it's great that you're able to unload some of that uh, to your to your team. Your your great team at the uh, the Orleans office. Yeah, it, it is, and it's. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's just it's super it's super exciting. And you know, speaking of the cottage, you know, we do have uh, we do have uh, things for sale and for rent up here. Other cottages. Yeah, so break Shares. it down. Whitewater Village. Can we get the link maybe in the chat just so people know exactly where you're at? And is this it? P11. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Well, P11 isn't mine. So the cottages, they, they, they have P's. Like that's like the address. That's hmm. not the exact address. Uh, 503 Rafting Road is what used to be Wilderness Tours, but that's the address how everyone's been, uh, been finding us up here. Um, Wilderness Tours, which has now shut down or has moved different locations. Anyways, digress here. Um, so there's eight cottages in total and there's 10 owners per cottage. So you get five weeks for each share and they range, they, it ranges in price. Oh yeah. By the way, my nails, in case you're wondering, my children have done my nails. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Magic. So, so we have, we have shares for sale. We have two pet friendly cottages that have shares for sale. Um, and you know, we rent them out. Like I rent them out all the time. Um, it's a super cool spot. If you want to own, you can get in touch with me. The prices will vary anywhere from, uh, you know, seventy thousand to eighty-five thousand dollars for five weeks. But these a hot tub room there, maybe. To, to to build these, they would cost about eight hundred and fifty k right now. So that's you know, and you have your beach right here mm. on the Ottawa River. You, you guys know. You guys seen be Sea last summer around here. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we love it up here. Uh, so if anybody wants to talk about, uh, about sales or just coming up for a rental, let me know. Um, I have had some friends up here that absolutely love it. They come back, they end up being repeat, uh, repeat guests. Each cottage sleeps about sleeps eight comfortably. You could put a few more in here if you wanted to, but, uh, yeah, it's great for the kids. It's, it's great in the summer. We also love it now because there's, it's very quiet. It's just chill. You just go for hikes and Take it easy. Wood pellet stove, cozy time, and you have Wi-Fi, so you can still work, or you can still, you know, stream whatever you need to do. Wow. But uh, yeah, man, I'm gonna have I you guys. Just, as you're saying this, I just thought of uh, 
Yeah, I just thought of two people that I should definitely refer to you um, that are looking for exactly what you just said. So I'm making a note. We'll chat off air. <laughs> Make those notes. Um, I'm making notes. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's. Uh, I mean, it looks like a pretty sweet spot. That light just glowing behind you is uh, is majestic. I mean, it's. Uh, you know what? And today's going to be a warm day, so we're excited to get outside. Uh-huh. Kids are already outside. I'm going outside after this. But uh, so, yeah. so you mentioned two. You know, you got two deals done this week. What um, what are offers looking like? Like whether you you were selling these or you were you were buying? Like what, were, what was your position? What's the uh, what's the market looking like on your side? So the deals I got done this week were um, last Saturday. I got two. Uh, I had two properties listed. That one uh, pretty nice one that we saw on um, I think last week's episode. Hmm. I think Steve ran through it, the one with the pool and everything with the crazy yard. Um, but then I had we another sh- listing on we, Titanium. We can shut down the cottage there now, the video. Go ahead, Greg, sorry. Um, yeah, the um, and then I had another little guy, a little terrace home in Orleans on Titanium, and uh, which, uh, you know, we talked about. But, uh, yeah, the interesting thing about these deals is that they were the first – sorry, they weren't the first. There was one other one I did last month, but both of these offers were conditional. Uh-huh. Which, uh, which you know, was a big sign to me that the market is shifting, um, that people are able to get homes with conditions again, unless it's like a completely, you know, exceptional property and they have like, you know, 25 showings and people really want it. But I, I just find the landscape is changing. Um, our conditions are due today, so they both should be firm today. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. it's just, it's very, very interesting to see conditions again. And, you know, is the one thing that I've learned in the last eight months, well, last year that there's a lot of new agents that came to work with us at blue Panda. And some of them have had really good years and none of them had ever written an offer with conditions. Wow. Yeah. So they were, it, it's wow. like, you know, you just get in, you get into the business and you're just like offer paid offer paid, like, which is crazy yeah. to me. Because now, yeah. now they're really going to have to learn what it's like to work <laughs> other, than, other yeah, yeah. than running around and just writing up offers. You know what I mean? Greg, my home has been listed for a week. I haven't seen one offer yet. Hey, eh? <laughs> dude, like, yeah. I, I know. And I have, I have another one listed right now, which is def- we have a no conveyance on it. It's definitely going to have multiples just because of the location and everything that it is. But, um, you know, we've had, we've had 10 showings. Well, sorry, we've had eight showings. Uh, it's been on for two days and, you know, even a month ago, that probably would have been about 12 showings, mm-hmm. you know, and by, by the time we list, we're hoping for about 12 to 15, but I don't know. And it's just, it's funny because mentally, when you look at it, you know, my clients messaged me 12 hours into the listing, like, oh my God, we only have four showings booked. And I was like, well, I'm like, it's only been 12 hours, you know, four showings isn't bad, but <laughs> you know, a, a month or so ago, it was like, you know, you'd get like 20 calls place was just crazy nuts it was like a big party about to go down uh so yeah i i'm seeing i'm seeing it change it's changing up there's going to be conditions now and i, I think there's going to be conditions even with no conveyance I, I would imagine on your end too greg from a listing standpoint it's got to be a little more challenging because you got sellers that are expecting these multiple offers or crazy yeah. showings to talk to their friend and then you know three weeks, four weeks has changed the landscape a little bit that it's, you know, in a lull right now and they're not getting the same sort of traction, the same multi offers. And so it's, you know, I'm sure makes it a little trickier on setting expectations with them too. Right. Or mm-hmm. you can only imagine. Well, that's, that's it. I'm, I'm a very realistic realtor. 
Just call me the realistic realtor. You know, I, I, I make sure that uh, all these things are laid out before, you know, we go to market or before we buy whatever we're doing. I say, this is what we're expecting, but because everything's changing so quickly, this may happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I always kind of say this may happen. I go, don't like, I'm not going to go in there and say like, mm-hmm. your house is this, you're going to get this, you know, even, even with my last listing, you know, I, I said, you may get this. I go, but because of this, we, we should list it at this price and expect potentially this. And, and, and I, and I was bang on, it, it, it felt good. I was right on with it. And my, and my seller was cool. He's like, he told me he told me that he spoke with three other people that he knows in the real estate business and they all projected a sale a hundred thousand higher than what we were getting so he was very happy that he worked with me he, he goes you know what man he's like i would have listened with those other guys and then i'd be sitting here wanting to like ripping my hair off hair out <laughs> because so you know we, because uh, we had a go ahead we, no, I was going to say we had, uh, you know, uh, another realtor in our network this week that had a an offer at uh, 130000 over asking with no conditions and still didn't win, uh, right. which is, which is, so it it's just depends on the property still, right? It's it's really it uh, hit or miss. And that's why the, the expertise of the agent is so important because you have to know where things are actually priced, not where people are listing them at, you know? You got to know what it's actually worth. Um, and which is where the and value of that realtor is, right? Yeah, it is hard, yeah. Because you kind of have and to leave the market. Hard. It's not just a matter of what, what did things sell for yesterday. It's like, what what is it worth today, right? It's a two totally different questions. And I don't think people notice that. Like Dave said, like a three-week difference, change the market. You got, you know, one-tenth of the people going through your home that you did a month ago. That, yeah. that changes the whole market, you know, um, whether you want to believe it or not. And then we're, you know, if you've got an inexperienced agent, you know, a new agent that doesn't know how to read the market or doesn't, you know, transact a lot, you know, they might go into a listing presentation saying, we're going to sell it for a hundred thousand over asking, like, you know, like they're maybe saying to your client, Greg, but yeah. you know, you experience doing, you know, being involved in money turns out to be able to read that the market, the shift, you're able to actually set proper expectations as opposed to I certainly find that people will we've talked about before like overpriced things or underpriced them like you know just not being realistic with uh with those clients just to like win the listing but that's not accomplishing anything you, you have to be and the other tool that I've been using uh more than ever this year I think I mentioned to you guys before is that on certain properties where it's um where I think it's going to be tricky, I, I order a bank appraisal or an independent appraisal. And then, um, you know, what happens is then we have an actual benchmark of what like the lenders will most likely be looking at. Um, and then, and, and I kick back, I kick it back to the clients on closing. I, I pay for it once it closes. Right. So, I mean, I think that's just a valuable tool to have in and makes them think that's that, awesome. you know, you're, you're really on board and you just want to be proactive about your pricing. Cause I say, you know, I'm good at what I do, but, I want to make sure that because of how unique your home is, is that the banks will look at it the same way as I do. And as the market does, uh, it's, it's worked yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, great. yeah. that's a really good strategy. And you're right. I mean, even if, if, the, if a, an appraiser comes in and you know, that's maybe slightly conservative, but that's right around what the banks are going to be, then it gives you yeah. a really good like pulse on the market at that exact in a snapshot, right. At that exact moment. Because I mean, exactly. on our side, there's been in our on our team, there's been two deals this year where the appraisal didn't come in uh, on a purchase, and they were fifty and seventy five thousand dollars short on these two different deals. Right. Luckily, luckily, bank of mom and dad had, had you know a good bank account that they were able to come in and help out. But if it wasn't the case, and they were you know 
didn't have that assistance, they would have been screwed. They were in a firm deal, like they would have been getting sued uh, if they weren't able to come up with that. But they were going so far over asking, no comparables. They're, you know, the person they were working with wasn't being, you know, they did it to win that, but they were so far out that, you know, they were stuck with five, only 5% down and no other assistance from, from anyone else. And they would have been really screwed. So. It's uh, certainly, you know, getting that appraisal front or knowing where those comp comparables are, you know, when putting them on is certainly important, at least on from our side too. Yeah. And, and I think, um, yeah, so I would say one, you know, one of the most important things that we stress a lot as well is, is when people are going into those, like there's one thing obviously of knowing what the home is valued at, but then the other side of that is knowing uh, what you as a buyer can afford, right? And, and everyone's situation is different. Like I know um, we have a client right now that has has purchased a few properties, but doesn't actually uh, own, like have an owner-occupied property. They've just been buying investments, which is great. But even that profile in its own is different than someone that's just trying to buy uh, you know, their first, you know, they might be a first time home buyer. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different scenarios, uh, and different ways that we have to qualify people. Um, and we have some excellent tools, Greg, you're talking about tools. We have some excellent tools to allow people to kind of, uh, get like a snapshot of what it is. Um, and I know for yourself, Greg, like you have a lot of clients that, that come to you that, that haven't been pre-approved, right? They're kind of, uh, they want to get shopping. They want to get searching. They might've seen a home maybe that, or, or maybe they come to you through one of your listings, um, but they don't know where to start. Is that accurate? <laughs> it's very accurate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's, I love it when someone comes to me and they actually have everything in order. It's kind of mm -hmm. mind blowing. Actually, it's like, oh, you've actually been reading information and taking note you know, going through the proper steps. But generally what I get is, you know, people that I'll, that I'll send, send to you, right. Where they just, they don't know where they are. They think that they can do this. Uh, and then they, they get referred to you. And what still blows my mind is that a lot of these people don't get you the documents that they need. And then they expect to go shopping, you know, and we just don't do that. Right. Paul. Yeah. And that was, and that was fairly common five years ago. Like, I know we have talked about this and might be a uh, flog a dead horse, but I feel like, um, you know, the, the, <laughs> um, but no, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I got stuck on the flogging of the dead horse, but, uh, yeah, no, people, <laughs> people, people do like five years ago, you could put in an offer and then, you know, obviously there would be the condition of financing, which no longer exists yeah. as we've talked about. But when you had that condition of financing, then you would basically go out and figure out, you know, you have 10 days to kind of figure out, can I actually buy this house? And, and I would say probably 50% of the time those offers fell through because people hadn't done the pre-work right to actually yeah. know if they could buy. So, so we talked about this probably three years ago on our show saying that the market is a lot more kind of professional now in the sense that people that are going out and buying are more knowledgeable. They're, they're better equipped to make like competitive offers and it saves everyone time. It saves you time. Uh, it saves the client time. Like everyone is kind of in a win. Um, Steve, do you want to bring up that, uh, that I'm going to show that link that we have on our site. I'm going to post it in the chat here as well. So this is actually a tool, Greg, I know you've seen it, but we have this on our site. So if, uh, if I click on, I'm just getting started. Uh, and anyone, I put it the link in there. So if anyone that's, uh, that's watching wants to, uh, to type this in, this is completely anonymous. So obviously there's no personal information that's being added to this. It's just, uh, it's just a kind of a tool to see it's a calculator. So let's just say I put in a uh, hundred thousand, uh, as a household income. Uh, and then, you know, 
How much have you saved for your down payment? So, you know, typically it's 5%, right? Is the minimum down payment. Um, but let's just assume, um, you know, I've saved $25,000 for my down payment. And that can come from an RSP, you know, uh, so a lot of people have it gifted from, from parents or, or uh, immediate family members. Um, how much do you pay monthly for loan repayments? So let's put in, um, you know, $400. Most people have like a, a car loan or something at this point, right? Uh, what is the credit card monthly? So let's um, bounce okay. So let's say ten thousand, right? I mean, I think ten thousand, five to ten thousand is probably uh, you know a typical um, balance on a credit card. I would assume you know anyone between you know twenty and thirty-five, you have some whatever ten thousand dollars. Let's just fill that. Credit is one of those things where people don't really know, right? It's uh, the, it kind of gives you a broad idea as to what the options are, you know, how good is your credit? I think everyone either thinks their credit is way worse than it actually is or way better than it actually is. So, uh, you know, you probably always want to be uh, somewhere in the middle. But let's just say for the sake of this, let's put good because that does, uh, you know, and then what this does, if you click, let's get the results, it actually shows you kind of an estimate of what you may be able to to afford. So again, there's no, like, we haven't taken any personal information at all. This is not like, a, you know, this is just a, a, a helpful tool for people to kind of get an understanding at a very high level of what the underwriting process looks like and some of the things that have to be considered um, when getting pre-approved, right? Because a lot of those times, if you get to question two, it says, what have you saved for a down payment? And you're thinking, down payment. Well, I haven't, I don't, I have to save money before I buy it. You know, like a lot of people, you know, I might stop you right there or you might put in, um, you know, you might think a hundred thousand dollars isn't a lot saved, but, uh, to the general public, that's, that's, you know, more than 99% of the population. Like a lot of people just don't like the financial literacy. I think November's financial literacy month, actually. Um, not that we're in November, but we should do some stuff around that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but the point is that most people don't really know where they stand or what metrics are being considered when they're, when these things are being um, like when you're being pre-approved, right. Or when you're going shopping for home. So someone like this, like, you know, if you, if you both make 50,000 as a, as a family uh, and you have a, a single car and you make a car payment and, you know, you have a bit of credit card debt, you know, you can still qualify for a $450,000 home. It's, you know, it's, it's, it is possible. I think people, I think, um, think that things are much worse than, than they are, you know? I mean, you can play around with those numbers. I mean, I'm just, I just threw in something I think is, is average, but I mean, it could be much more, it could be much less. So worthwhile playing around just to see, you know. And you know when we're pre-approving somebody, we'll also give them feedback of, okay, you got 10 grand in credit card debt right now, but what is it? Okay, this is what it looks like with the debt you have. If we, you know, we could condition it that you could still find a home before closing, you show us that that credit card's paid off this is now what you could qualify for because we don't need to incorporate those payments on that card. Hmm. Um, and what some people kind of aren't aware of is that banks, even though credit cards and lines of credit are interest only payments, uh, the way the banks look at it for mortgages is they use a higher number. They use it as if your monthly payment is 3% of that outstanding balance. So, you know, some people kind of misconstrue that, oh, well, it's only a $50 a month minimum payment. That's, you know, that's nothing. Uh, when really, in fact, on that $10,000 credit card outstanding balance, the bank is factoring that as if it's $300 um, a month in uh, in payment. So it's, you know, but again, when we're pre-approving pre somebody, we can tag it as if it's paid out and just tell them, okay, well, if you can pay this out while you're shopping for a home before you close, you know, that you can qualify for this higher yeah. We do have, you know, we do have that at our disposal too. And then the other thing is to uh, make sure that no one goes out and makes any stupid purchases before they close on their property after they are approved. 
Yeah, we have, we have had a few people where, you know, two weeks before closing, they're thinking like, hey, you know, I, I'm thinking about buying a boat or, you know, we're looking at this new uh, Land Rover. Is this uh, is this something we should wait until after closing? It's like, I don't even want to hear anything about it. Like, don't change anything until way down the road. You know, just just don't make any financial decisions right now. Uh, I've had people changing jobs a week before closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had, <laughs> I have, you know, for, taken out a $40,000 loan. Um, you know, just yeah, fine, fine. Or trading in the Hyundai for the ninety thousand dollar like brand new GMC truck. Um, you know, do you guys do you guys do you guys find that when you're going through the process with some people that they just really don't listen to everything that you tell them? That it's kind of in one ear out the other. They're just like, oh yeah, I can get this. This is my how much money I can get. I'm gonna go buy this house. Then it's like all the time. Yeah. And then that's where you know we really like harp on it many times through our conversations with people, but then also ensure that we put in writing like in every communication right. on email on the approval documents. We cover page it of this is you know what we need to follow or what debts need to be paid up. Like you know these are definitely uh, strong conversations. But to your point, there's still a lot of people where it's in one ear out the other, um, and they don't kind of consider this as being an issue. Even even when, like, I think on our side of the coin, we always, like, I consider myself to be a mortgage advisor. Like, I advise people on what their best options are. Like, based on my experience, this is like, I'm bringing this value and experience to you yeah. at no cost. Like, that's literally, I'm trying to help you as best I can. There's, that's it, you know? Um, so, I try to reiterate that and... and uh, you know, even when we give people a, a solution, like let's say, you know, we give them XYZ bank as a solution and we're going through that mortgage paperwork, there's actually a document in there that we have the client sign that explains why we decided to put them or why we decided with them that this mortgage was suitable. So if we put them in a fixed rate for five years and, um, you know, it's got some conditions in it. We have to explain why the client is comfortable with it. And then we went over that with them and so on. So, um, you know, it is very thorough. And there's oftentimes where, you know, same way that you read the market and suggest that someone should put in an offer at, you know, 50,000 over asking instead of 100,000 over asking, we have to do the same thing. We might advise someone that variable is, is their best option because of this, this, and this happening in the market. And they might say, well, I want to go variable anyways. And it's like, okay, well, or, or fixed anyways. And that's fine. And we just want you to know, like our advice was this and you chose to go fixed just so that it doesn't, they don't come back and say, well, yeah. why didn't you suggest a variable? It's like, well, we, we did, you know, that was our, our, our professional opinion that you chose to disregard, you know, like it's, that's why like us, we, we tr- we're trying to give people advice and if they choose not to listen to it, then we have to kind of document that and be like, they didn't want to listen to our advice, but it's kind of like, to me, it's, if you're coming to us, you obviously want our advice. So you think that they would want to listen to us, you know, but I don't know. You're making me think that you're making me think that I should have like a, a disclaimer. <laughs> have like a some type of some type of notice that everyone should sign before I start working with them. It's actually not a bad idea, uh, and, and I mean you know there, there's certain documents, buyer rep, and all that stuff. But I I think I should make my own saying like this is this is what I need you to sign before we get started. I, I love that idea because yeah. I'm an advisor too. I'm an advisor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm giving yeah. advice, and, and most people most people take my advice. But you know, if you get that one that's just like angry, irritated, something goes wrong. I mean, you never know. It's hard. It's hard. Our business is not easy. And, and I mean, and, and and our to Paul's point and to yours, I mean, our our advice comes with experience. You know, somebody might have bought a home before, but you know, in 2020, for us, you know, we've funded. I just looked at the numbers this morning. We funded 110 million dollars in loans 
in, in mortgages this year to date and 230 transactions. We, we have experience. We know every different, <laughs> you, know what you're doing. you know, we know what we're doing. We know why we're giving you this advice and why we're kind of directing it. It's not, you know, we're not talking about, you know, one deal a month or one transaction a month. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it comes with experience of this advice. Why the story you're telling us, your goals, your plans, statistics in the market on why you should go very, why you should go fixed, why you should be with this bank over this one because of this privilege or, you know, this tax yeah. advantage, whatever it may be. Um, and so some people just disregard that, like Paul said, but you know, we're speaking from, you know, a lot of experience. From experience. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mood boost? Mood boost. They're incredible today, and I'm very excited. I hope so. Here. <laughs> after last week. After last week. All right. There's four today. We're, we're getting spoiled. We're getting spoiled. Which dance will a chicken never do? The fox the trot. Chicken dance? The fox wow. trot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, why did Lily go to the prom with a prune? She couldn't find a date. <laughs> um, have you heard about the restaurant that caters exclusively to dolphins? It only has one customer, but at least it serves a porpoise. <laughs> now, I know a dolphin isn't a porpoise, just to be clear, but it's still hilarious. That's, um, uh, that, that was a lot. Wait, to handle. I have one more. Oh, let's go. When is a car not a car? When it turns into a garage. Oh, man. Wow. You know, I, 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 when I hear these, I, I actually I think, you know, for a second, like, does anyone get these right? Does anyone know the answers to any of these hilarious jokes? Man, I'm, I'm crying over here, kind of. I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm crying. Those, those were much better than last week. They were. They were. Yeah. Tim, Tim, Tim all came, with the, came with the heat this week. Yeah. Yeah. These are my yeah. flames. Just fire. These um, are my flames. <laughs> your flames are much hotter than mine so what's going on this weekend greg you staying up there for a couple more days or yeah we were staying here till uh sunday afternoon i got um i got a lot of a lot of action with uh with my team in ottawa right now too though so like i said i'll be i'll be excited to get back on sunday and, and get right back back to work um although i am working from here with my family here it's kind of cool killing it killing what about it. you guys what do you guys have to do? Uh, I am uh, kid-free this weekend. Well, my daughter's here right now, but she's heading back to her mom shortly. Um, so I think I'm actually going to probably head up to uh, a friend's cottage and uh, close it up. Uh, you know, get some get some, get some uh, antifreeze poured and uh, maybe have a fire. Right. You know. You know, we I invited Paul up to the cottage. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be a gorgeous day, like you mentioned earlier, Greg. So you know, but the yeah. caveat: we got to do some uh, some yard work. <laughs> That's fun maybe, though, you know. Maybe clean some gutters. Maybe clean some gutters. Who knows? Who knows? Go to full time. Couple beers, clean some gutters. Hot yeah. day, yeah. you might get to work shorts. Yeah. Do um, it. Lionel, Lionel just tuned in. He said, "Tuned in right in time for the mood boost. Crushed them this week. <laughs> Love it. They were pretty good. Those. We got to get those clipped. Those might just be. We might just get 
might just become a mood boost show, to be honest. Might just change Lionel, the Friday uh, mood boost. Just Lionel got his Friday wrap up mugs, by the way. Oh yeah, sick. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. I, dropped, that. I dropped him and uh, Karloff two mugs last week or two amazing. weeks ago. So yeah, man. Amazing. Yeah. Great. Well, everyone have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday. Next Friday, Friday, I think we're gonna do uh, a full segment on on renting versus owning. I think it's really yes. um, like just yeah. kind of you know both the difference, but then also how to transition from one to the other, how to kind of put yourself in a position to buy and and so on. Because that's you know I think the biggest barrier into the market is is that lack of knowledge. So. You know, and I'll we'll talk about the uh, yeah the rental market is changing a lot as well. So I'll uh, I'll get pretty deep into that. I got leading a lot of in, info on that. Leading into Financial Literacy Month, we'll uh, we'll get everyone uh, we'll give everyone a little knowledge. We'll spit some knowledge. You know, Congrats. love it. All right, let's keep it legal. Let's keep it legal. Let's keep it vertical. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Later. Peace out. <laughs> The Friday Wrap-Up, brought to you by Blue Panda Realty, ReferralMortgages.com, and Stephen Hopkins Video, No Flash.